0: morning we're going to be in Genesis chapter 22 and looking at the first 14 verses of that. And this morning my sermon's titled Living Faith. And what do I mean by living faith? What is living faith? It's faith that we live out. It's a faith that's alive. It's a faith that's, that's well. And so who better to look at than Abraham? We'll be looking at Abraham's life this morning. And over the past several weeks we've been looking at faith and uh we'll see it's probably gonna take us all the way into the new year of, of what faith looks like and uh my 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 goal and my my desire i should say that the lord has put on my heart is for us to be challenged in our faith to grow in our faith to reveal our faith uh and 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 to see what he has in store for us in 2020 we have some things coming down the line in the next few weeks that i'm excited to share with you some challenges uh that we'll place out there to see exactly what's gonna um what's gonna happen in in uh In 2020, as a church, but last week we looked at faith as just a what was it? Just a word, right? Just a word, and we learned that there's, as Austin said earlier, there's power of life and death where in the tongue, and what is the tongue? It controls our words, and since we have power of life and death in our words, we must what match our words with our faith, right? We can't say we have faith and then turn around and speak negative about our situation. Or speak against what, what God is what we're praying God to do, and expect Him to move because that's counterproductive. It's 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 it negates each other, and it's not going to 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 produce anything other than death in our lives. So and we need to start speaking life into our life, Amen. And uh, uh, so we learn that we need to start speaking those things that are not as if they are right, and and start praying and 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 having our our, our speech. Uh, a match up with our faith. And tomorrow, this morning, we're going to continue looking at faith. There's two factors, two major, there's several factors uh, of faith, but there's two major factors, um, I believe, that are in faith. And one is trust in God. If we don't have trust in God, we're not going to have faith. Flat out, we won't have faith. The second thing I I, I believe is we need to be obedient to God. We can't be obedient, we can't be disobedient to God and have faith. They don't go hand in hand. We got to have obedience to God in order for us to have true faith. If we have those two things, trust in God and obedience to God, then, then at that point we have some major factors in play for faith. And this morning I want us to see obedience and faith, what obedience looks like in faith. Amen. Faith comes down to this. How obedient are we willing to be to God? How obedient are we willing to be to God? And we see what faith looks like. uh, I'm sorry, we see what obedience looks like in 1 Samuel 15, verse 22. It says, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? He presents this question to Saul, King Saul. He says, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifice or your obedience to his voice? He says, "Listen. Obedience is better than what? Than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering of fat, uh, 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 offering the fat of rams." In this particular situation, what we see here is Samuel tells Saul that the Lord is going to deliver uh, the Amalekites in the hands of Israel. And when they go out and they defeat the Amalekites, all they need to do is destroy everything and bring nothing back, right? Saul brings back the the best of the plunder. He brings back King Agag. He brings these, these, these people back. And, and what his excuse was, was I'm going to use him to glorify God. I'm going to use him to bring sacrifice to God. And Saul says, wait a minute. Saul says, no. Uh, sorry, Samuel says, no, wait a minute. Samuel says that, the, that, that obedience is better than sacrifice. And that's what we want in life. We want, that's what God wants us in life. God wants us to be obedient. I remember um, hearing a story years ago, my, my dad was uh, sitting to the store for some breath mints or gum or whatever as a young boy. And, his, his, and my grandma gave him like five cents to go out and get some breath mints or whatever it was. And he goes into the store, and uh, he's in there for a long time. My grandma goes, goes in to find him grocery shopping. And he had like, like a, thing, a can of peas or some bacon or something and something else. He was trying to buy with five cents, right? And really what it comes down to is, of course, he was trying to be helpful. But you know what it was? it was obedience if he just went in there for some gum right and what he went in there for then at that point my grandma didn't have to go in i know he was trying to be helpful but obedience is better than sacrifice amen obedience is better than sacrifice it's all god wants of us today is obedience this morning we're gonna see a familiar story it's abraham and isaac and we know the story we know the story very well but what's important for us to see is this is the obedience and the faith that Abraham had. You know, we, we study people, we, we, we read self-help books, we look at uh, 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 YouTube videos, right? That's a, it's a new thing, uh, or it's something that's been around for, for a while. You watch videos, you know, whether it be diets, whether it be, you know, uh, uh, working out, whether it be financial, whatever it may be, and we try to mimic things, and we put it to practice in our lives. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, what we need to start doing, too, is we need to start mimicking people of the word of God. We need to start mimicking the Abrahams in life and looking at what they've done in life to see the hand of God move. And we need to put those things in instruments and play in our life as well. So I want to give you four areas that we can learn from Abraham that shows that his faith was living, that it was alive and it was functioning in his life. Amen. Will you, will you do that with me this morning? Four areas I want us to see. The first one is found in Genesis 22. Verse one, it says, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. He goes, here I am. The first thing I want us to see is Abraham's response in faith. What was Abraham's response when God called? What did he say? He said what? Here I am. Here I am. He says, Abraham, Abraham. And he says, here I am, Lord. And what's interesting about this is, is Abraham wasn't going to God in faith, right? So many times I think we go to God with something in faith, and we say, God, I'm praying to you about this, and I need an answer, and I know you you can do it, I know you can help me out in this area, but it wasn't that way. God was going to Abraham, right? And God was seeking out a what? A response from Abraham. God wanted a response from Abraham. Abraham. See, a lot of times our faith is predicated of what our request is to God and not our response to God. Amen. And so what we need to do is to respond to God in a certain way. And so faith isn't just our request. Faith is also our response. Amen. Faith is our response, how to respond to a situation that God is trying to get our attention on. Right. We might not look at it as faith, but that's faith. God might be saying, hey, listen, I'm trying to get your attention and we're just ignoring him. Right. Or we're not doing the Abraham thing that says, here I am, Lord, here I am. Abraham's response is not unique. We see it throughout the Bible where where God calls somebody and and, and we, we see him reply, here I am. It's simple. It's easy. It's so difficult, right? It's so difficult. They respond to God and his word with those three words of here I am. Here I am. Wouldn't that be awesome? if we can just respond to God that way, without him, keep on, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. It sounds like we got my son in the mornings. Dennis, wake up, Dennis, wake up, Dennis, wake up. And I think God does that sometimes. Dennis, wake up. I'm trying to get your attention, right? And maybe after the fourth, fifth, hundredth time, I'm guilty of it, we finally say, okay, oh Lord, here, here I am. He's like, yeah, I, kn- I know you were there. I just, I, I, I need your attention. I need, I need your response. I need, I need to hear from you, Dennis. You know, as a father, that's all I want to hear from my kids. And I call Haley, right? I'm coming, Daddy. Here I am. Dennis, right? I hear this less and less now, but here I am, Daddy, right? That's what we want to hear from our kids. In the same instance, that's what God wants to hear from us. When he calls out our names, he wants to hear our response in faith that says, Here I am, God. Here I am, God right we don't want to hear complaining he doesn't want to hear complaining we don't want to hear grumbling from our kids god doesn't want to hear grumbling from his kids he doesn't want to hear the, the 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 reasons why they can't do it or the questioning of it all he wants to hear is those three words of here i am that's it what does that mean it means i'm available lord i'm available to your will I'm available to what you want in my life. It means I'm willing to do whatever you ask of me. That's what it means. And God is calling Abraham, and what he's doing is he's challenging his faith. He's putting his faith to the test. And it really wasn't, listen to this, it really wasn't to produce faith as much it was to reveal faith. See, what I mean by that is sometimes we say we need more faith. But the Bible says all we need is a mustard seed faith. So what we're saying is really what we need to do is reveal that we have that mustard seed faith and not trying to produce faith. Amen. We need to reveal we have the faith. Sometimes we go through a situation or circumstance and we go through it and then we come down the very end of it and we're like, oh, Wow. Well, that wow moment is the reveal of faith in our lives to see what God has revealed to us that says, you know what? You can go through with it because I'm with you. But sometimes we have to to not produce it because it's already there, but reveal it. Amen. Sometimes we try to produce something that's already inside of us. But in reality, God's saying, I'm trying to reveal and open your eyes to show you that you have the faith to conquer the situation. Amen. And that's what he was doing with Abraham on such a large scale, but he was doing it with Abraham. I mentioned this a few uh, months back. The test isn't for, for God. The test and the challenge is for us. It's for, for our sake. And once we're successful in our testing, we then can look back and say, oh, I see it now. I see what you're doing, God, in my life. I see what you had to plan all along. And Abraham had real faith, but he had real obedience. He had real obedience. Let me tell you what Abraham did not do. Abraham did not put conditions on God. Abraham didn't, didn't do things and say, well, I, I'm not going to do it until I know the answers. I'm not going to do it until I know the test. You know, if I, if I told you guys today, next Sunday we'll have a test. You know, the first question I would be asked, what's the test about, right? naturally right when we were in school as soon as the teacher says there's a test we want to know what's the test about when is the test going to be what kind of answers are and it? true and false multiple toys choice what is the test about right and we start asking questions abraham did not ask questions all he said when he got when god called abraham all he said was here i am lord here i am and we look at what, it's going, what, what is going to, to come uh, uh, about it in just a second in, in verse 2, what God wanted Abraham to do. But he puts no conditions on God whatsoever. He did not know what laid ahead of him. He did not know what God wanted from him. He didn't know about it uh, uh, whatsoever. A true test of faith is responding without knowing. Responding to God without knowing the conditions responding to God without knowing exactly what it looks like in the end if we knew what it looked like in the end guess that that would not be called faith would it because we would know the outcome already well you know right so it wouldn't be faith if we knew what it looked like in the end it's responding to God saying here I am knowing that he has something for us knowing we don't know what it is or what it looks like but stepping out in faith knowing that he is in control of it all a test of faith is doing without conditions a test of faith is telling god whatever you have for me i'm willing i'm ready i'm able whatever it is here i am and look what god's asking him to do verse two says this he says take your son your only son yes isaac whom you love so much and go to the land of Morah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which i will show you look what he says take your son your only son at this point ishmael was his, his, his son not with sarah but he ishmael was already out of the picture sent away already he says yes isaac yes the promised one yes the seed Yes, that's who I'm talking about. Yes, the one you love so dear. Yes, the one I told you about. Yes, the one you had at 100 years old at a blessing. That one. Take that one and sacrifice him. I know there's days we want to sacrifice our kids, but I'm not talking about those days. I'm talking about this is a good day, right? This is a perfect day. And he's saying, go sacrifice him. God was asking for Abraham to sacrifice his promised son. The one he had was Sarah. It wasn't like Abraham had many sons. He had this one son. It wasn't like he could produce another son. At this point, Abraham was right around 130-ish. It wasn't like he's having popping out kids. He had this one son. He was being asked to give up his blessing that God gave him. And by doing so, by killing Isaac, He would be killing the very promise that God gave him. Think about that. But look at Abraham's response. In verse 3 through 4. He doesn't say anything in his response. But we see it by his actions. He says, the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey. He took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire. Uh, for a burnt offering and set up for the place God had told him about. On the third day of his journey, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. What is his response? His response is what? And faith still. Because what does he do? He gets up the next day and he has breakfast and watches the 12 o'clock news and then he goes? No, the next day he goes and the Bible says he gets up and he goes early. First thing now, you probably can't sleep. Let's be honest, if I, told, if I was told that to, I would sacrifice my kids, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep that night. But he gets up and he goes early the next morning. What does that say? It shows his willingness of his faith that he's still saying, here I am. Here I am, Lord. The man of action. wastes no time. Didn't question God. Didn't him haw around. Didn't, didn't look at anything else other than, there's a purpose for this. I don't know what the ending looks like. I'm gonna keep moving on in faith. And it was a three-day journey. Why? Because Abraham couldn't be sacrificed Isaac anywhere else. No, I think it was a three-day journey, because God wanted Abraham to really commit to this. Three days thinking about I gotta sacrifice my kid. Three days of maybe, 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 maybe not. Three days. Of of, of us just thinking. you got to think Abraham was just like us. And if we had three days to think on something, we would dwell on on it night and day. Three days, right? Three days. Each minute probably weighed on Abraham. Each step he took was one less step he would have had with his son. But he kept on going. Why? Because look at verse 5. He says here, he says, stay here with the donkey. Abraham told the servant, the boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there. And then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. While he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them walked on together. Let me show you the confidence. Abraham's confidence and faith. His confidence. Do you see what he says? He says here, he says, he says, we will travel a little farther. And then who will come back? We will come back. That's a confidence. God told him to sacrifice his son. He goes to the mountain. He tells a servant, we will go worship and we will be back. What is it saying? I have confidence in God. I have faith in and God, it means that him and Isaac were going to come back. He was, he was banking on the fact, right? That was a but God moment, right? God's telling me to do this, but I know God is going to provide something for me, and we're going to come back. My son is going to come back with me, and we'll join you, and we'll all go back home. Look at that confidence, that assurance. Where did that confidence and assurance come from? Let me tell you what uh, Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 says. It says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead he he realized somehow some way at certain point God's going to intervene in this whether raise him from the dead or 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 not kill him at all something's going to happen amen he had complete confidence that if needed God was going to raise him from the dead he had complete confidence that God will take care of that situation. Complete confidence that him and Isaac were somehow going to return. Why? Because of his faith. Where did that faith come from? It came from the promises of God that God gave him. And it's the same thing that we can do to grab hold of the promises that are in the Bible and the word of God It's the same promises that Abraham lived. It's the same confidence that we can have today. And the promises found in Genesis 17, 5 through 6, he says, What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be uh, be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. That was the promise that God provided, and that's the confidence that he stood on that promise. Amen? That's where it came from. God's promises couldn't be fulfilled if Isaac, his only son, was dead, because at that point, it stops right there. Because there was no other kids other than Isaac for the last 30-something years. No other kids other than Isaac. i me tell you this. though, the Bible is full of promises for you and I. The Bible is full of, of, of promises that we can stand on and be confident on in the word of God. Amen? And, and, and let me tell you one, one other thing. Abraham's promise, uh, Abraham's confidence wasn't in the promise. Abraham's confidence was in the promise, sir. Amen? The promise is only as good as the promise, sir. I can promise you a million dollars, but guess what? I don't got a million dollars, so my promise is void, right? But if I had, if I was, you know, walked in here and Warren Buffett, and I told you I had a million dollars to give you, I bet all of us were raising hands because we know Warren Buffett has several hundred million he can give us, right? It's only as good as the promise, sir. It's only as good as the promisor. When we write a check, our check is only as good as the money in the bank account, right? If I give you a million-dollar check today, go cash that bad boy. It ain't come back on me because I don't have a million dollars in the bank, right? It's only as good as the promisor. This morning, I want to ask you a question. Do you have confidence in just the promise, or do you have the confidence in the promisor who made the promises, and the promises in the word of God and who created the word of God was God himself through man. And so when you look at that, you have to understand and receive that in confidence knowing that there's promises in the word of God. And we can stand firm on his promises. Amen. And whom is your confidence in this morning? Because if it's a man, it's going to fail you every time. Fifth, the third thing I want us to see, verse 5. Verse 5. He says, stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther, we worship there, and then we will come right back. I know I read that, we're, we're, uh, just read five and six, but that's what five says. Let me see the third thing Abraham did. Abraham's worship and faith. It's his worship and faith. He's on his final leg of this three-day journey to sacrifice Isaac. And what's on the mind of Abraham worship worship his mind was still focused on worshiping god his willingness to sacrifice was a worship to god right but his obedience was an even greater sacrifice it was a, 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 a greater faith as so it was a greater worship his obedience that's what god wanted Instead of fretting, instead of worrying, his mind was still on worship. He had every reason to be concerned. He had every reason to worry. He had every reason to doubt. He had every reason to mistrust. Every reason you can think of, every emotion that can play out in your mind, he had it. Right? He didn't know what was going to happen. But he knew one thing, and that was his son would be sacrificed to God in a short time. That was the only for sure thing happening in his life at that particular moment. I would consume any parent's mind if instructed to do that. But what did he tell his servant? He told him, we're going to go worship. We're going to go worship. How could he have told a servant that we're going to go worship? Why didn't he just tell a servant, well, we're, you know, if it was us, we'd probably tell a, a servant, well, you know what? God instructed me to do this, but, you know, I don't really think that's what he's meant, and I really doubt that's what what was going on in li- in, 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 in in our life, and I'm not sure really what he's up to, but I don't even know if he's going to come through, and I'm kind of having all these emotions, and they're playing, you know, on on, my, on me, and I'm just really concerned about things, and we would come up with all these things. But he tells his, his, his servant, no, what we're going to do is we're going to go worship God. And then he said, we're going to be back. We're, we're coming back. We're going to go worship. And we're going to come back. So we would probably say, hey, listen, servant, what do you think about this? And then we'd probably go over to 100 different people. You know, we would call Dr. Phil and we would talk to all these other individuals to find out what, it, what, what, what they say about the situation instead of just doing what God asked us to do. And then we would down, at the very end of it, we probably have thought, oh, I, I'm sorry, I forgot the knife. Now I got to go back three days back, you know, home and, or I forgot the child, right? Some kind of excuse not to do it, but not Abraham. Right in the very end of his journey, his mind is on God In our faith, in our waiting, in our concerns, in our worry, in our, concern, uh, in, our, in our concerns, in our issues, in our troubles, in every aspect of our life, let that speak to us today. That we turn all those things into worship. Worship. I want you to think about individuals in the Bible. Paul and Silas locked in prison. On their mind should have been, we're dead. How can we get out of here? What's going to happen? But what was on their mind? Worship. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was threatened to be tossed into the fire. And they would not bow down because they would serve the living God only. What was on their mind? Worship. David lost his son with Bathsheba. And after he lost his son, he was mourning before his son passed. As soon as he found word his son passed, what does he do? He goes to the house of the Lord to do what? To worship. To worship. All these individuals, they have one thing in common, and that is to, to worship. And their trouble and their affliction and their concern, they don't know what the outcome looks like, But in faith, they have confidence. And in faith, they worship. Let that be an example for us today. We don't know the outcome. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. But we have faith. And we worship in that situation. Amen? The fourth thing I want us to see. Verse 7, he says, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, this must have been hard. He says, yes, my son, Abraham replied. You have the fire and the wood, the boy said. But where is the sheep for the burnt offering? This is what he says in verse 8. He says, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Then they arrived at the place where God had told him to go. Abraham built an altar, arranged a wood on it. Then he tied his son, Isaac. He laid him on the altar on top of the wood and Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice the fourth thing I want you to see about Abraham's faith is the consistency of his faith
1: it never wavered
0: it never changed it stayed the same amen when the question was asked dad where is the sacrifice going to come from what does Abraham say God will provide what does the outcome look like i don't know but i know one thing son god will provide amen it's like one of those but god statements right god will provide that's all he said god will provide and i can only imagine abraham as he's taking this three-day journey and i can imagine you know he heard what god said okay Lord and as he's packing the wood God will provide and as he's taking the knife saying God will provide and as he's going up the mountaintop in three days to sacrifice his son imagine every single step of the way he's saying God will provide God will provide God will provide and the son asks where's the sacrifice dad and one final time he said God will provide provide God will provide it was an anthem that Abraham lived by it's an anthem that we can take hold of it's an anthem that we can live by and it's saying I don't know what the outcome will be I don't know what it looks like but I know three powerful words and that is God will provide why because it's a promise and his word that says he will provide all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Not including my riches. Because my riches, well, I meant providing for you. But you know what? God's riches. And think about that. How marvelous that is. Amen. And that's exactly what God did in verse 11. And we know the story. It says, at, the, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. He says, Abraham, Abraham. You can see how close, just with that, Abraham, Abraham, stop it right there. Yes, Abraham replied, and he says those three words again. He says what? Here I am. Here I am. He says, don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and he saw a ram caught by its horns in thicket. So he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the, named the place Yahweh Jireh, or Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Amen? God provided. And you know why the reason why he provided? Because Abraham did not provide it himself. You know why? Because he was obedient to God. And let's throw someone else in who was obedient to God. Isaac. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we painted Isaac as some weakling little boy. He wasn't. He was about my age, 37 years old. Right around 30-ish, right? And I'm telling you right now, if my dad was 130 and me being a 36, I ain't laying on a pile of wood with my hands strapped on it, right? Just not doing it. I'm fighting for my life. But you know what? He was obedience, because, you know, probably in his heart, he's probably thinking, I don't know what's going on, but God will what? God will provide. Wasn't this Abraham's obedience? It was Isaac's obedience as well. God would provide. Let me tell you this. If you brought along a ram, if you brought along a plan B, I'm pretty confident We don't know it because we know the end of the story, what it it said. I'm pretty confident God wouldn't provide. You know why? Because Abraham took it upon himself to bring a plan B in a situation, to bring provision to himself instead of relying upon God. Abraham brought nothing else other than what it took to bring the sacrifice, and then he brought the sacrifice, which was his son. Nothing else did he bring because he was banking on the confidence and the consistency of his faith and the worship that God would what? Provide. That God would provide. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, God my provider, he never once allowed his situation to affect his faith. He never once deviated from God's plan. He never once put some you know, I know what God's plan is, but I'm going to put Dennis's plan next to that. And I got plan A, and my faith is strong, but if something happens to my faith, I got plan B. Well, plan B, we're already banking on the plan B instead of banking on the plan A. Well, God will provide, amen? Abraham's anthem of faith, God will provide. It's your anthem. It's my anthem, Amen? God will provide. Regardless of what happens, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Abraham lived the life of faith. He was the life of faith. And we can too. Stand with me this morning. I want to challenge you to be consistent in your faith, consistent in our faith. Be confident. Be confident in the promiser in faith. Worship regardless of the situation or the issues of your life. Amen? And respond to stepping out in faith to say to the Lord, what? Here I am, you will provide. Here I am, you will provide. Amen? With all eyes closed and head bowed. I want us to repeat these words. Here I am, Lord. I know you provide. Here I am, Lord. I know you provide. I don't know what it is in your life. I don't know wh- what it looks like, but I know that we have a promise, sir, who's given us promises and all he's waiting for is for some of us to say here I am. I'm I'm done opposing. I'm done struggling. I'm laying down my life as Isaac was so obedient to do. To know that God will provide. Lord, I pray, heavenly Father, you know what faith looks like in our lives, heavenly Father. But I pray, Lord, that we're challenged to keep our faith consistent on Your Word. I hope we're challenged, Lord, to worship instead of worry, Lord. I pray, Lord, as soon as worry comes and creeps in our mind, it's a it's a it's a, it's 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 a natural occurrence in our lives that we hear something, we we worry or we're concerned about it. I I ask you, Lord, that instead of focusing on the worry, we focus on the worship, Lord. I pray only, Father, as we hear our names called out, says, "Hey." ready for you we respond with those words here i am lord and i pray lord that we have confidence in your word lord jesus consistency and confidence in your word lord i thank you for your word lord i thank you for what you've spoken in this place today lord jesus allow us to live by that same anthem that that abraham lived lord god will provide I thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you've done in this place today, Lord Jesus. I ask you as we leave this place to seal us with the blood of the Lamb, Heavenly Father. Allow us to leave this place, Lord, but come back next Sunday, Heavenly Father. Re-energize for another Sunday with you, Lord Jesus. Challenge us this week, Lord. In all aspects of our life, grow us. Allow our faith to be living faith, alive faith. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray, and the church says, amen, amen, amen. God bless you, church. Have a great Sunday. Stay safe out there on the road.